Hey, everybody. Here at Keep Talking Podcast, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we have a health or fitness-related episode because I'm a personal trainer in my spare time, and I'm a total health and nutrition nerd, and I think it's very important for you to focus on your health and nutrition and fitness as well. Now, a lot of Keep Talking's audience is non-native English speaking, and the language in these episodes is often advanced English, but... I'll make sure that I speak clearly and concisely enough for all non-native speakers and, of course, native speakers to understand. All right. Enjoy the episode. What's up, everybody? Wellness Wednesday today. Okay, today I am talking about how our emotions impact our physical state. And obviously, like in a lot of this, I coming at it with a negative perspective, how they negatively impact our physical state, but obviously it can be positive as well. And this is a, it's a, it's like a popular topic now. You'll hear about the mind-body connection and mind-body-soul growth and all that stuff. Um, now, for me, I think a lot of us are coming to the conclusion that like when we separate the mind from the body, that's probably not smart because everything is linked, okay? And as someone who studies and tries to practice holistic health, as I like to call it, Everything affects everything, okay? We shouldn't be separating things as much as we tend to do. Like, oh, well, that's a physical issue or that's a mental issue. Same thing with medicine. Oh, that's a heart issue. That's a brain issue. That's a, you know, whatever. You get my point. Um, so anyway, let's talk about this. How emotions impact our physical state. I've done a recent episode where I talked about like how real mind over matter might be, for example. And this this is interesting as, as well because like I, there, <coughs> excuse me, I don't know where that cough came from. Maybe I need to improve my wellness. Um, but I um, <clears throat> talked about a couple specific people. Um, one of them is one of my mentors and another one is a grandma of one of my friends who basically they, they never get sick. Like they don't even like believe in sickness. And if they start exhibiting any symptoms of sickness, they just overpower it through the mind because they're like, no, nah, I don't got time to be sick. I got stuff to do. Like my friend talks about this grandmother that he has that she just like, she never got sick because she had too many kids, too much work to do with her jobs. And you just, you can't be sick when you're that busy. I don't have time to be sick. But um, this whole mind over matter thing, uh, it was interesting because the science behind it is a little bit legitimate in my opinion. Like if you think about how we can almost overcome illness mentally, I mean, okay, like it's it's hard to think about, it's it's hard to believe in terms of like a real acute illness, you know, like if, or like an acute injury or something that affects us physically, like if your leg snaps in half and you're like bleeding out from, you know, the thigh and you, like you're probably not going to be able to think your way out of that. But I guess the reason it makes sense is because when we put ourselves more often into a positive frame of mind, what we're doing is we're more often activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the um, the you know rest and digest, relaxed part of the nervous system, which is good for us in a world that we typically end up spending too much time activating the sympathetic nervous system, which is kind of the, the quote-unquote fight-or-flight system, which is where we elevate our cortisol, our adrenaline, our stress hormones, things like that, okay? Now, <clears throat> it's useful. We need it for certain situations when we actually do need to take on some form of stress. Like the, the fight-or-flight, so to speak, mode is useful at times, but it's it, to be in it chronically is bad for our health because it makes it tougher for us to 
do a lot of our body's functions properly, including digesting food and things like that, which I'll come back to, um, and we end up getting chronic inflammation and things like that, it can be bad for our immune system, literally, if we always are in like a stressed state of anxiety. So, you know, for me, mind over matter does make sense to a certain extent. Now, I don't know if the people who are saying like, ah, I don't get sick, I don't believe in getting sick, are, I don't know if it's like because of that, but long story short, like the mind over matter thing does it does it does make sense to me based on the science as I understand it, right? Um, but let's talk a little bit more about just how our emotions impact our physical state. And I want to read just from psychologytoday.com. So there's a paragraph here that says, emotions effects on health run the gamut, ranging from beneficial to harmful and from transient to long-lasting. In the short term, for instance, if we endure a period of high perceived stress, then we be, may be more likely to contract a common cold, more likely to get a cold if we have high perceived stress. In the long term, people who tend to experience more frequent positive emotions live longer than those who experience less. Similarly, highly optimistic people have at least 50% greater odds of living to the age of 85 compared to people with low optimism. Now that's a tricky one too, because like when I hear about optimism, I'm like, okay, well then how do I be optimistic, <laughs> which I'll come back to at the end. But um, so like the studies are out there. there, there does seem to be proof that people who have a more positive mindset are living healthier and longer and are less susceptible susceptible to illness and disease. Okay. It's real. Now for me, the, the biggest area that I've noticed that this is real is with my digestive system. Okay. And I've talked in here a lot of times about how I've had gastrointestinal GI, uh, digestive issues all my life. And I finally really started now to understand the mental, uh, the, yeah, the mental aspect of it better because what's happening. Why is it that a lot of times when I'm in a state of stress, I'll have gastrointestinal issues, whether it manifests in constipation, diarrhea, gas bloating, whatever, like why does this happen when we're in a stress state constantly? It's because our digestive system, they call, they literally call the parasympathetic nervous system the rest and digest system. And this is the system that's more active when we're in a more calm state. We're breathing more deeply, okay? Our body is relaxing. When we're constantly in a state of low-grade anxiety, a state that I've spent a lot of my life in for different reasons, it makes it harder. Like literally there are hormones and neurotransmitters that are released that negatively affect our gut motility. Okay. So our like long story short, the food doesn't move through our system the way it's supposed to when we're in an anxious, nervous state. And I finally started in, in like getting out of this then like, okay, well, what do you do with that? Well, that's a whole nother issue, but it's about trying to figure out how to be calmer more often and breathing can help, which I'll come back to at the end. But, um, people talk about like, you know, tension headaches. Okay. Like getting headaches. Obviously everybody knows this, right? Like when you get anxious, it's more likely you're going to get a headache. This is medicineplus.gov explaining why tension headaches happen. So tension headaches occur when neck and scalp muscles become tense or contract. So this is different. This is not, you know, nervous system related. This is neck and scalp muscles becoming tense or contracting. The muscle contractions can be a response to stress, depression, head injury, or anxiety. They may occur at any age, most common in older adults, blah, 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 slightly more common in women and tends to run in families. Now, I don't really have this issue, but these are just some of the things that might happen, right? Whether it's stomach issues, digestive issues, headaches, things like that. These are all physical manifestations of stress for different reasons. Now, one thing that I've noticed, and I may have talked about it on a previous episode, is what spending a lot of time on our phones in modern society does to our breathing, okay? I've noticed, like, even if I'm just, like, having fun on my phone, let's say I'm scrolling Instagram, whatever, and I'm just, like, theoretically having fun, I notice it shallows out my breathing. 
those these devices i think that they literally do affect our breathing it shallows out your breathing like if i sit there and i read a book or just like listen to a podcast or actually just focus on my breathing then obviously like in some sort of a meditative state i'll breathe much more deeply and a bit longer okay when i'm on my phone or even a computer I notice, especially with the phone, my breathing just shallows out no matter what I'm doing on it. And this is why I make the case that these phones and particularly social media can really have physical manifestations on our health that we may not even be aware of just because of somehow it, it just switches us into a more like shallow state of breathing. Um, and this is why doing things like meditation and box breathing, which box breathing is where you do four seconds uh, inhale, four seconds hold, four seconds exhale, four seconds hold, anything to slow down and deepen your breathing. Focus on breathing, really breathing in, breathing with the diaphragm, really breathing down until it feels like the air is getting into the stomach, right? Not just breathing with the upper part of your, you know, I can't even think of your windpipe and, you know, like the upper part of your lungs, really breathing deep down into the stomach, okay? Um, and one other thing, one thing that I found was interesting when I was researching this is there's this chart, and this is from uh, slohealthcenter.com, but this is really interesting. It looks like a bunch of, like, Spider-Man figures on here, but basically they've got um, all of these, it's like a body chart of, like, these 14 different emotions showing what's happening, like, which parts of the body are more activated when you're feeling a certain emotion. So they have all these emotions, anger, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, surprise, neutral, anxiety, love, depression, contempt, pride, shame, and envy. And so with all of these, you see which body parts are most activated. And I'm not gonna go that much into it, um, but it, it definitely does appear to be real that we feel things, we feel different emotions in different parts of the body. You know what I found that was kind of funny on this? It's like happiness and love look almost exactly the same. Like the the whole body is kind of like okay so like the the red orange and especially yellow colors are like the really hot areas that are activated and then with happiness you have like your whole body especially your upper body like red and then like the heart area and the head area are just like yellow meaning you're like super high level of activating these areas then with love it's like heart well i guess it's like a little bit less head but it's like almost the same exact thing, but then like your your genital area is more lit up with the love. So I just, <laughs> I'm like, is it love or lust? What, what, what is this here? Anyway, but I find that really funny that with love, it's almost the same as happiness, but then just your genitals. And I don't know if this is different for men and women, but anyway, your balls light up, guys. I won't even make a joke for women. Um, but um, yeah, all right. So now that we're done with the inappropriate jokes, let's go back to how emotions affect our health. So um, you'll hear a lot, uh, or affect our physical state. So um, <clears throat> lots of talk about like, you know, just be more optimistic, practice gratitude, be more resilient. So like, I, as I was researching this, I'm like, all these sites say the same thing. You got to be more optimistic, be more grateful and be more resilient. But it's like, okay, then like how, like how do, how do you work on that? Which all that stuff is probably a whole episode in itself. But like, so medicine.net came up with a few tips. Okay. So like first one, I mean, some of this is just like cliche. It's like, yeah, positive thinking. All right. You know, um, practicing gratitude. What, what is it? Okay. So how do, what do they talk about? Yeah. They, they recommended positive thinking, resilience, and faking it. Now faking it, faking a smile. Oh man. I don't know about this. Like this, this is where we could really debate. Um, like number one, how do you build resilience? Which that's a freaking topic on its own. Seriously. As someone who tries to like toughen myself up mentally and physically, I think building resilience 
Ooh, what a topic that is. I don't know. I also, I, I question whether or not faking it is a good idea, as they say here. Um, and then, you know, <clears throat> practicing gratitude and positive thinking. <sighs> yeah, I mean, everyone has different ways of doing that. And there's a lot of different tips that you could read about it. Um, but yeah, I just, I kind of found it interesting. Like with all these articles, it's like, okay, yeah, those are the tips. But then like the how is what's really tricky. I mean, one article kind of talked about just what I call the big rocks. Like literally focus on your sleep, your, nu- your nutrition, and then, you know, moving, right? Just doing some form of exercise. And like how big of an impact that's going to have on your emotional state, which will then go back again and have that much of an impact on your physical state. Like it's, this, it's just this cycle and it's all interconnected. But like I've done an episode before where I called it focus on the big rocks first, okay? In this order, in my opinion, sleep, nutrition, and movement. And kind of forget all the other stuff that you're worried about in terms of these little geeky, gimmicky things that I sometimes do talk about that can help your health and fitness. And the same thing applies here. Like we have all of this information out here. We have all of these, you know, different techniques. We have all of these pills you can take and stuff that you can try. But like if you're sleeping well, if you're eating well, and if you're moving your body fairly frequently and well, you're going to probably, you're going to be in a good physical state, probably in a good emotional state, which is then also going to feed your physical state well. Um, and if you need more advice on how to do that, then, you know, I got a lot of other episodes on it and I'm sure there'll be more in the future. But um, this was just kind of a brief overview on how our emotions impact our physical state. They definitely do, um, oftentimes in a negative way, but we can really make it happen in a positive way as well. Mind over matter. I do believe it exists to a certain extent. The science kind of makes sense to me. So um, stay positive. How's that for a ridiculous way to end it? Stay positive, everybody. Easier said than done. A lot of you are probably thinking. All right. That's all I got for today. Love y'all. We'll talk again soon. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's all make health and fitness a part of our daily lives. Get out.